feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, here it is, the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. President Zelensky saying that he predicts victory as they head into now a second year. Again, the anniversary today. It is stunning. And he also says that he is willing to meet with Chinese President Xi. Chinese President Xi says that he is trying to broker a peace deal. That's what he claims. Of course, there are so many questions about China cozying up to Russia and if there is anything legitimate about China trying to play a role as peace broker. Certainly, they favor Russia over Ukraine. But President Zelensky of Ukraine saying that he is willing to meet at least with President Xi. And I think that that's actually a noble thing. I think, listen, uh, at least it shows good faith effort. At least it shows that he is willing to listen. Where do you see the war right now, given the situation, as it is such a tenuous time and such a crazy time and such a difficult time in the war? Because here it has been one year, and is there any end in sight? What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Do you feel that a resolution is anywhere near in sight? And do you feel that China is really the person to be brokering such a deal? I think, heck no. They're the last people I would actually expect to be negotiating in any sort of good faith and trying to be fair to both sides. By the way, earlier tonight... I also talked with General Keith Kellogg, and he was basically saying this is really an endless war. He talks about the fact that he says, I cannot believe that here it is a year since Russia invaded Ukraine. Of course, many people say, gosh, had Biden not said, hey, a minor incursion, maybe it won't be a problem. Uh, That sort of greenlit everything. But here we are a year later. Think about how many lives have been lost Think about just the brutality that's been thrust on the Ukrainian people. And, of course, we are all praying for victory for them. But you're sitting there as time is going by, and President Biden has yet to pick up the phone and call Vladimir Putin. I thought that was a really interesting comment coming from the former national security advisor to President Trump and also President Biden. What are your thoughts, everybody, on the fact that it has been a year And now it's still this sort of slow drip, drip, drip with equipment. That's the other question. Why has it taken so long? We make these pledge to give certain equipment and a year has gone by and still some of the equipment that we promised a long time ago hasn't even arrived to them. And the Ukrainians are saying, give us some air power. Give us some of those MiGs. Give us something because then we can fight also in the skies We will continue to fight. They certainly have shown that they have the tenacity and that they have the very staunch power to fight, that they certainly have the will to fight. You can hear it all over the place. 
And listen, they're still standing after all this time. But this drip, drip, drip of equipment and weaponry and hardware and so forth, is this really the way to go? Shouldn't we have just given them X amount a long time ago and then they could have potentially squashed Russia? But yet here we are. And President Biden, even when he did a surprise visit just a few days ago, was like, well, if we do this, if we do this and maybe we'll give this, maybe we'll give that. It has really been confusing. And here we are on the one year anniversary and the brutality by the Russians continues. We're heading into the springtime. So people are very concerned that they're planning another offensive, even though clearly their military is wearing down. But where are we headed with this, and how do you see this ending now that this is the one-year anniversary? And also, by the way, Medvedev, who is the former head of Russia, this guy just came out not that long ago and basically said that he thinks that Poland is next on the top. My beloved Poland, where my father fought for freedom. That's what he's saying. So is that a legitimate fear right now? With Putin feeling his back against the wall, obviously that is a NATO power and that changes so much more. But as we're headed into this one year anniversary, where do you see this like handshaking with President Xi and Russia? They seem to be cozying up. There's also word that the president of China and Russia will be meeting soon to plan their strategies and that China is seriously thinking about arming you know, the Russians with drones to go up against the Ukrainians. There's word that they may be doing that already. Uh, We were talking with a number of people earlier today, including Gordon Chang, the great Asia expert, who thinks that they're already doing that already at this moment, even though some people in U.S. intel say we're still kind of creeping along. But where is this going and how do we win this fight? And boy, there are a lot of mistakes made. I mean, you think about early on. I firmly believe that if President Trump had been in power, Putin wouldn't have gone in. There's no way. He absolutely would not have gone in. And yet here we are, and it's a year later, and President Biden still doesn't seem to have a clue. You know, he talked tough when he was over in Poland. And he certainly, you know, talked about freedom and all this other stuff. And yet they still haven't even delivered a lot of the weaponry that they promised to Ukraine. And he hasn't said anything about the MiGs in the air. He hasn't said anything about what is the end game. And he hasn't picked up the phone and tried to put pressure on Putin. He should have done that before he all entered Ukraine. There are so many things wrong. one 800 848 one Let's go to Norm on line seven. Norm, your thoughts about all of this. Where do you think this is headed, Norm? Um, Russia's going to come out on top, and it will happen a pro- it'll be happen before the summertime. Why do you think um, that, Norm? Why do you you I know why do you believe that, you know, Russia obviously has a really strong military, but it's been degraded a lot, Norm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's been de- yes. It has been degraded, but it is still so much more substantially larger. Um, the Ukrainians don't have the training. Um, they they don't have the numbers. Um, and also uh, Russia's commitment 
is to uh, reclaiming the land that was theirs for a thousand years or more. And it's part was part of the Russian Empire, and it was uh, basically created. Uh, Ukraine was basically created by the uh, the end of World War II. Um, and and by I the mean, way, that is that's what Putin says. Um, but, yeah, but but I, but also, I, hold I, on a sec, Norm. Norm, Norm, hold on a second. You and I normally usually agree. You have to admit Putin is a madman. You have to admit it. The guy is totally out of control, and the brutality he, that he has thrust on these people is obscene. That's false. Go the ahead, American Norm. What? Is, if if Putin is not success, if if Putin is not successful. In re- okay, then what? See, because I I believe the, the, that what is behind it, it has been America who has who has reneged. Now we're gonna we're now um, Ukraine should never have been a member of NATO. Okay, it's now you know they, they're they not a member of NATO yet. But 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 yeah. I but Norm, I hear where you're going. Yeah. I believe that that's what triggered mm-hmm. uh, Putin. Clearly, he right. was concerned about that. On the other hand, uh, there is absolutely no excuse for the unbelievable brutality in invading another you know, country. You know, I, I mean, it's exactly outrageous. What, I'm not exactly clear on what exactly is going on there. Um, I, I have not. I mean, I, I've seen some photographs. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I mean, is, is the Red Cross in there? They're not. I don't know if the media has had unlimited unlimited access to to ukraine and um look uh, here's the situation uh it's it's truly i feel none of our business um as long as i mean it's they're not committing genocide they are they are they are bombing them and people are dying nor they are definitely committing genocide i mean that that is where i completely disagree with you and you know i love you i i appreciate your calls the brutality look at bucha what they did in bucha was unconscionable um, uh, this this is not, you know, uh, somebody negotiating land or whatever it is. This is clearly brutalizing another country coming in. Uh, the stories of rape and torture. Uh, there is no gray there. Like to me, it, it is obscene what has happened. Um, and but I do think it's a valid question to say, where does this end? How do we end this? Are we going to be in this X years? Is Ukraine going to be this X years? So I think. I think asking that question is a fair question, uh, but I, I won't give any deference to Putin along the way whatsoever. Um, but I but I appreciate your call, Norm. And, and I think, you know, Americans asking the question, uh, you know, how long where do we go? And I think I make the case that Biden can be visiting Ukraine. And I think that was a good thing to show support. And also going to Ohio at the same time. Ohio is a shorter flight, by the way. So he certainly could have done both. I think you've got to protect the homeland because there are people who say, oh, it's an either or. I think you can do both. But I contend that this war has been so mismanaged um, by also our president. And think about, two guys, think about had we remained energy independent this whole time. And John Katzmatidis, who owns Red Apple Media, made a great point. Had we been energy independent, energy abundant, which we were, by the way, prior to President Biden, guess what? We could have cut off Russia at the nose and we could have been selling, not just producing for ourselves and think about how it would have helped with gas prices and everything else. 
but the economy would be flowing. There'd be so many things, and we'd be selling to other countries. We would be making so much money right now, and we wouldn't be beholden to Putin, and these other countries wouldn't be beholden to Putin. But because of our ridiculous you know, ban by this president on energy independence, not only has it crippled our country, but it's crippling other countries too. Uh, and to me, that is obscene, and there's so many things that – you know, uh, you know, right now he should have turned the spigots on. He shouldn't have cut off Keystone Pipeline on day one, and he should have turned the spigots on. And we are paying a dear price. And then his weakness of, oh, well, if it's a minor incursion, no problem, guys. No problem there. Uh, that opened the green light, and I contend that's what started so much. It gave basically Putin, oh, well, this guy's not going to do anything. He laid out his cards right there. It was so obvious. Let's go to George, line eight. But, Norm, I love you. Thank you. Let's go to George. Hey, George, go ahead. Hi, Rita. First, I want to apologize in advance because I know where you stand vis-a-vis this war, right? And I know you have Polish uh, father and God bless his soul and this and that, right? Thank you. Thank you. Danish as well. Yes, thank now, you, my George. My sympathies go towards, of course, the Ukrainians, what's happening to them, right? And also, I feel a little bit uh, sympathetic towards uh, the young Russians who have fled their country in consequence, have ended up in foreign lands, right? Now, uh, here is my point. Now, humanity is the problem. Leaders are the problems. It's stubbornness, you know, and pride that brings about the massacres of uh, millions, you know, or hundreds of thousands, etc. Here's what happened in the beginning. Yeah, but let now, me now let me ask you George real quick just cuz we have a little bit of time here, but where No, but but yeah, go minute. ahead, but where is this headed? Where do you think this is headed? Okay. All right. Where it's headed? First, I'll I'll I'll, I'll quickly uh, uh, go to uh, the preface of uh, what uh, happened and then I'll tell you the ending of it in my humble opinion. That's uh, going to be a conjecture only. All right. Now, uh, if Zelensky had agreed to sign a accord uh, with Putin, whereby he would not apply to join NATO, 30 countries at that time uh, against Russia, many nuclearized, you know, and uh, uh, Putin needed that uh, buffer zone, uh, which would be Ukraine. But uh, Zelensky was pretty stubborn, uh, almost as stubborn as Putin, whereby he decided that he would want to apply no, no matter what uh, to join NATO. So now, uh, George, George, on George, hang on, George, hold on, George, hold on. I gave you a lot of time. I'll give you 15 seconds. Where is this headed? We got a lot of callers. Where is this headed, George? Hold on one sec, George. Where is this headed, George? All right. The longer it goes, right, the more likely 
that, more, of course, more people are going to die, and there's going to be more suffering, etc. Russia is not going to be defeated. We know that 100 percent. No, you know what? And you know what? Let's, look, let's see where it goes, George. I mean, yeah, let's see. Your point. Go ahead. Real point. quick, George. I've given you a lot. Go Real ahead. Quick. Now, we are talking about billions and billions of our capital, you know, assets going to Ukraine, etc. But wait till the war is over. It will be in the trillions to reconstruct Ukraine. Well, and George, the by the way, and, and George, I hear you where you're talking about the funds and the money. And, and it, you know, when I see that our president seems to be more interested in Ukraine's borders than America's borders. I mean, that seems to be the case. You know, I mean, it really is. And that that is is disproportionate. I hear what you're saying. And I think we have to protect our homeland first and foremost. On the other hand, I come from, as you know, my background with my father, that I very much understand uh, Putin and understand what he is capable of. And I don't think he's going to stop with Ukraine if he is not stopped in Ukraine. And that's what I'm worried about. And I think anybody who thinks that's not going to happen Uh, I'll sell you a a bridge in Brooklyn. Um, Anyway, we'll continue with your calls, everybody. I love your calls and I love your perspective because we need to talk about it. There's no uh, black and white here. Uh, There are so many questions and it's serious stuff. 1-800-848-9222. Thank you, George. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, China. Uh, I'm laughing because, like, like they're a fair broker calling for peace talks. And Zelensky says he will meet with the head of China. Uh, but where is this going? Uh, a lot of Americans and many of you are very passionate about it. Um, and I totally understand one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Dom, line eight. Uh, Dom, your thoughts about what's the end game here? Where is this going? Well, Rita, you know, I, I want to give us a little perspective. You know, Nixon went to China and look where it got us. But at least it took China fifty years to be on top of the world to fly balloons over the USA. <laughs> but Biden went to Ukraine and went, look where it's getting us in just two years to blow up Nord Stream, crash the border make us look like suckers to the rest of the world. Wow, this guy is a fast worker. <laughs> yeah, he is. And, and you know you know what's interesting, Dom? It's such a scary time because just like you said, we don't know what China's planning. They're they're doing something with that spy balloon, clearly. Uh, there's, you know, they're seeing weakness in this president and thinking, hey, maybe now's the time to go to Taiwan. Um, you see Russia moving. We see the way that uh, this president pulled out of Afghanistan. I mean, there's a lot of... A lot of big, serious mistakes made that just make us look weak. Yeah, it's drooling. Uh, Joe's visit to Ukraine under air raid sirens, probably ordered by Zelensky to impress the world. They just compared, the media just compared the Joe to Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, Kennedy in the Cuban Missile Crisis, Reagan in Germany asking Gorbachev to tear down the wall. So Joe Biden, in their eyes, became Batman and Superman, taking on Joker and Lex Luthor all at once. Well, at least he yeah. took he he did them all. But uh, you know, it's interesting, Dom. He still 
you know, he still does not concede that his, well, if he is a minor incursion and this, again, this sort of drip, 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 all of this is really, really scary stuff. Dom, thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. And also our Back the Blue segment, which I love doing here on the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Atlanta, Georgia. An Atlanta police officer is being praised for his quick action in administering life-saving aid to a cyclist suffering a medical emergency. Officer Tulek was responding to a call about a man in medical distress happened just a few days ago. And after quickly contacting EMS, the department says that the officer found that the man had stopped breathing altogether. So he immediately began CPR using chest compressions while EMS was on the way. Officer Tulek remained calm, often pausing only to check for a pulse and communicate with the man to keep him alert and keep him conscious. Once EMS arrived, police say they were able to regain the cyclist's pulse before taking him to the hospital. And the EMS staff expressed gratitude to Officer Tulik's life-saving efforts. They gave him a letter of accommodation. They said, we would like to thank and acknowledge Officer Tulik for his life-saving efforts that day, as well as wished the cyclist a path to wellness during his recovery. Amazing that the guy is alive Thanks to quick-thinking Atlanta police officer, Officer Tulik. And such a big bravo to our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I cannot believe it's been a year. I remember we were on the air, uh, you may recall, on this show when the invasion took place. I remember it was like suddenly, you know, Russia invaded And, of course, uh, boy, has the world changed in a year. But where do we go from here? And where were the mistakes made? And why are we still not energy independent like we were under President Trump? This is the wackiest thing I've ever seen. I mean, what kind of president, first of all, would cut off the spigots? And then why would you do it right now in the time of war where a lot of it is about oil? I mean, Russia's main economy, they're getting so much money by selling their oil. You know, but guess what? They have much more oil flowing than we do right now because we've cut it off so much in the United States. And that is ridiculous. And our president keeps vilifying the oil industry. So where are we headed with now being in this for a year? one 800 Let's go to Rick on line six from Elmwood. Rick, your thoughts about all this? Rita, you're absolutely right. It's the uh, making Putin rich with oil. That's funding the war in Ukraine, so we got to stop the global warming scam. It's also funding China, and we send them a bunch of money, and they send us uh, solar panels, windmills that kill birds, bats, and whales, and uh, fentanyl and e-batteries that burst into flames and kill people. Yeah, so Rick, what do you think is the result of all this? Where do we go now? Well, it's all planned. I mean, people think Biden is incompetent. He's not incompetent. He's planning to destroy America, and he's doing a good job. And then that way they can go, 
oh, democracy isn't working. We're going to have to go with the new world order. Sorry about that. Well, Rick, um, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much, Rick. And um, always interesting points. Let's go to Mike in Manhattan, line seven. Mike, your thoughts. Hey, Mike, you're, Mike, you're off mic. Come closer to the, the phone. Go ahead. Bigger player than it's making it out to be. They're the ones that are controlling the whole the whole thing. Uh, maybe not directly to uh, uh, Biden, but they're going to maybe uh, uh, other people. Who's controlling uh, the whole thing? We missed you at the top there. Who's controlling the whole thing, Mike? China. In other words, China. China's going to be the one on the top. The, you know, Russia's their enemy, and so is the U.S. But in other words, we got to stop buying uh, electric cars. We got to hit them in the pocket because. Uh, in other words, you got you got China, you got Russia, and you got the globalists going after Ukraine because they're the breadbasket of the world. So they want the food. They want that's what they want. We gotta we gotta keep it going until Trump gets in. There's no other way. You can't back out. You run away. Forget it. it's over. And now, it's and over let me ask you. Point. Let me ask you, Mike. If Trump comes back in, what do you think he'll do on day one? Day one, he's going to stop it. He's going to say he's going to put sanctions on Russia, China. He's going to open up the pipelines. He's going to he's going to make them both foam at the mouth. All right. We, what we got to do is we got to hold what we got. Just keep let the Ukrainians do what they're doing. They're doing OK. OK. And, and let them keep fighting, because even if they're not doing so great, they're still fighting. OK. Let, let's keep the encouragement going for them. Even if they're not getting the planes and on, they're still giving Russia hell, okay? And they're all watching if uh, Trump gets in. But Trump will get in. We've got to keep praying to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's in control, all right? Just let's keep our faith in God, man. And God's uh, God had a hand in all the battles throughout history, all right? So, uh, and just don't buy electric cars. Don't buy nothing from China, because if we buy electric cars, we're going to buy their batteries and they're going to control the world. All well, right? and by the way, and they stuff. and they have the huge control on all the semiconductors and all that stuff. Copper. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff uh, that China has control over. Um, but it's really interesting. You bring up a great point because we you know, it's like I heard today that they were doing more sanctions. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? It's a year later. And, and like, it's like, okay, we're going to do more sanctions. Like, what the heck is wrong with us? You know, why didn't you like lay it all out on day one? If you're not going to open the spigots, at least have some cojones to go after sanctions. Do something right. Mike, love you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Dan in Ohio. Dan, your thoughts about this? Oh, Rita, my wife was born October 6, 1945, when we dropped the bombs on Japan. Uh, history repeats itself, and I think as it's going right now with Biden, we're going to have a nuclear war. And it's not only Russia making money off of oil. The richest oil czars in the world are located in Switzerland, and they're benefiting this too. And Biden's helping them by not challenging them or competing against those same people. We're cutting our oil uh, drilling down, but they're expanding theirs. Yeah, and how does that? And Dan, how does that make any sense for America, and especially at a time right now where Russia is getting so much money from their oil? I mean, they're selling it to China, uh, they're selling it elsewhere, 
I mean, does it, does this make any sense to you that here we are a year later yeah, and yeah, Biden Biden crazy. hasn't had an epiphany that maybe we should open up the spigots? Well, the Bank of International Settlements in Japan, in in I'm sorry, in Switzerland is behind all this. But if Trump gets it back in office, he'll pull us out of NATO because NATO is not helping us. This country, it's draining us, and NATO started this war. And Biden went blindly into it, which Trump would not have. Well, that's why I contend, Dan, too, that, you know, Biden, what a difference. Trump would have picked up the phone and he would have said, listen, Putin, uh, there's rumors that you're thinking about going into Ukraine. Don't you ever think about it? You know, he'd call him uh, something like Little Rocket Man, like what he did in North Korea. And I think Putin would have been concerned. But Putin didn't have a care in the world because of the way Biden acted. And I think it, it sort of created this moment, and here we are stunningly. Um, I mean, all the billions upon billions of dollars later, uh, and and just the, uh, you know, a year later, and this drip, 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 and it seems like Biden still doesn't have control over where's the end game and doesn't say to American public, here's what I'm thinking, here's where we're going, here's what we're doing. I mean, it, it to me, it's a very gray area and it's a very concerning. And even, you know, your talk about nuclear, um, you know, Russia obviously being a nuclear country, we are too. Certainly we pray it never, ever gets to that. Um, but Russia continues to sort of threaten it. And then you got China. I mean, there's just there's a lot of uncertainty. And that's what's so scary here we are on this anniversary. Let's go to Elena on line four. Elena, your thoughts about all this. Good evening, Rita. Good evening, my friend. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Thank you for supporting Ukraine. But I would like to say something. Russia has been, or the Russian area has been fighting Ukraine for centuries. It was Pyotr, and it was Katerina, and it was Katerina. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of history in that area of the world. And they were taking Ukrainian lands over the centuries. So Ukraine is a separate people, a separate identity. And in those days, there was no Russia. There was Suzdal, there was Moscovy. Russia is as new a country as anything else. So where are you headed with this, Elena? Well, uh, what I am headed is that this whole situation, China, uh, Red China, Uh, Northern Korea, Russia, they're all in cahoots, A, to get as much as they can for themselves, and B, to destroy America. Which is a scary premise, such a scary premise. And that's why, you know, Elena, you heard, I think, you know, we need to defend freedom. Um, Again, you you know the history of my dad, and so I don't want to see this playbook repeated, Um, but... Um, we also need to protect the homeland, too. I mean, that's the thing. I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time. And, and that's where I'm coming from. I think that that's, you know, it's deeply concerning when I see these people who say, well, it's got to be either or. I think there is a merit to obviously defending Ukraine and making sure, uh, A, that there's victory, that a ruthless monster who comes into another country uh, is set back to kingdom come or gets a lesson and doesn't do something again. Um, And I think uh, bleeding over into Poland and elsewhere, I mean, there's so many huge concerns. 
And that's why I think there's a lot here on the plate. I don't think, and, and but I also think it's a discussion now that here is a year to talk about where are we headed. And I don't hear any answer from this president. And that is concerning, I think, for so many people. Elena, thank you. We love you. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Line eight, Robert, your thoughts about all this. What do you think, Robert, on line eight? Thank you, Robert. What do you think? Hey, how you doing, Reed? It's nice to talk to you. Um, I, I, I disagree a little bit with you in that I think that the the defense that Ukraine has put up against the Russians has meant that nothing is going to go past the Ukraine. Even if Russia manages to win, there is no way he is going to think about taking on NATO after he had so much trouble with Ukraine. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that what you're talking about isn't valid. Because at the beginning of the war, that was the prevailing wisdom. The Baltic states were next, yada, yada, yada. But I think what has happened, reality sets in and Putin now realizes his fortunes ride on the Ukraine. There's not going to be anything beyond that, I don't think. That's just my opinion. And I also, um, um, while I root for the Ukrainians, Zelensky is not a good guy if if he, if Fox News was in the Ukraine, they'd be off the air because he would have taken them off the air. That's the kind of guy he is. But Putin is far worse, okay? And as a Cold War kid and a former member of the Air Force back in the 80s, any time Russia loses something, that's a good day to me. Yeah, so but I and, I, and that's how I feel too, believe me. That is how I, I agree, uh, as you know, uh, Russia. And listen, I hope you're right uh, that – he is not thinking of going beyond Ukraine. And listen, I think, uh, you know, kicking Russia's butt at a time like this where they're ke- clearly committing horrible atrocities there in Ukraine, um, we have to, uh, you know, for, for the world and for freedom. Um, otherwise, he's going to feel emboldened. And I'm not sure that he might not, you know, continue well beyond Ukraine. And obviously, even for first and foremost for the Ukrainian people and then for the world. But there are so many serious questions And I think, you know, just as you said, as the daughter, uh, for me, of a Polish resistance fighter who fought uh, the Nazis and the Russians, uh, any day that, uh, you know, the Russians have their butt kicked, it's a good day. (laughs) I'm with you on that one, Robert, 1,000%. By the way, everybody, uh, speaking of, like, uh, money from Russia and elsewhere, Hunter Biden uh, may be getting called to testify at some point in the near future. This is really interesting. James Comer, who's head of the Oversight Committee, coming out just recently, basically saying that he may subpoena Hunter and also the people who are buying his art. Apparently, there have been some wealthy Chinese and wealthy Russians and others who may have been buying his art. We know that a number of those individuals were paying him. And now the Oversight Committee, which is in GOP hands, says it will call Hunter, potentially, certainly some of the art buyers. They're also going to go to the Treasury and try to look at where some of the money that came in to Hunter. Who did it come from? Where did it go? Was it tied to Russia? Was it tied to China? We know that the mayor of Moscow's wife gave Hunter tons of money. Did it stay with Hunter? Did it go to the big guy? There's some serious questions that at least need to be looked into And the Oversight Committee says that it plans to do just that. 
Meantime, you know, we're also talking about the fact, and I have said this to you, that I firmly believe we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can absolutely, I think, also take care of the homeland. And I, to me, it is stunning. It is so stunning that Biden, he comes back from Ukraine, and where is he? He's not in Ohio. He's not with the people over there in East Palestine, Ohio. No, he goes to Delaware, and he's taking a break, and he's not even referencing Ohio. That is stunning. Do you have a problem with the fact that he's over there in Ukraine, can't seem to make it somehow to Ohio, and all the good people in Ohio are sort of sitting there scratching their heads and going, uh, what about us? And when we come back, I'm going to tell you what Buttigieg had to say, because, boy, he is just like disconnected from reality. And what a different contrast of a reception he got from President Trump. That and a lot more when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. We are talking about the fact that the war in Ukraine is having its one-year anniversary. China claiming that they are going to be a peace broker. Is that not a joke? And that they will negotiate, or at least try to, a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine, even though they're best buddies with Russia. So where is all of this headed? Let's go to John on Line 8. In Pennsylvania, Line 8. John, your thoughts about all of this? Well, I'm just thinking Putin and Zelensky and the China guy are all in this together. We just handed over $250 billion. We don't know what it's going to. And Putin hasn't gained any ground in Ukraine. So what do you think is the end game? What do you think we should do? (laughs) As far as what we should do, I have no clue, but or just shut everything off. Don't even talk to these people anymore. Well, by the way, it doesn't seem like our president really has a clue where it's going, and he's not really telling us either, which is what makes it just so unbelievably confusing. Let's go to Anita on line five. Anita, your thoughts on line five. What do you think about it all? Hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think we're not really being told what's really going on. What do you think is going on that they're leaving out? Um, I think there's a lot going on that I don't I don't want to talk about what I really think. So I don't want to I'm not going to say it basically. It's too it's too far out there. Well, um, but I will say, by the way, I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions. Here it is. And here we are a year later and it's it, the future is murky, too. And look, I'm praying for the Ukrainian people. I want them to win. And I think I'm a big believer we got to support them and support freedom. Um, but I also say that we can, you know, talk and chew gum at the same time. And that's why, like, when I see the fact that we've got a president right now who is just totally ignoring borders, um, our American borders, doesn't seem to care about our southern border. It is wide open. Um, There was a new report that just came out that essentially uh, hospitals in New York City, um, because they're sort of setting up 
uh, centers and locations are basically going to be spending $90 million, everybody, $90 million on illegal migrants housing them in hotels. These are basically sort of refugee centers and other locations, but $90 million of taxpayer money. And then you got, you juxtapose that with the people in Ohio who are saying, hey, what about us? What about, you know, the problems that we're going through? And Biden somehow doesn't even seem to care and hasn't even gone over there. And that's a very short flight from Washington, D.C. I mean, it is stunning, absolutely stunning. And just a little bit ago, by the way, Pete Buttigieg was also asked, this is the guy who finally shows up in East Palestine, Ohio, remember? He finally comes there. He's the Secretary of Transportation, finally makes it there, of course, three weeks after the deadly train derailment there in East Palestine. And, of course, right after Trump, because he got totally won up by Trump. There's no doubt about it. And where do you hear this quote? This is amazing to me. As you're talking about all the money and all the focus on Ukraine, and again, I feel it's important to fight for freedom and kick Russia's butt. Um, I've made that clear. But listen to what Buttigieg said. He basically said, you know, he was asked by a reporter, well, why are you not here? Why are you not in the area? Um, And shouldn't you have come here sooner? And he says, well, what I tried to do was balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged on the ground, which is how I'm generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries. And then he went on to blame President Trump. What is wrong with this guy? Why is he so disconnected when you've got people who are overwhelmed with grief, who are, you know, dealing with catastrophic environmental and so many other issues. And yet we've got the most disconnected, I think, transportation secretary in American history. Like, well, I was trying to balance this and trying to balance that and trying to figure out what's protocol. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? That to me is absolutely obscene. And in fact, Take a listen. Here is him also criticizing anybody who criticizes Buttigieg. Here's what he has to say to those. There have been enormous amounts of both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. So I think so I lost my train of thought. And I lost my train of thought. He, I guess he's hanging around Biden too much. <laughs> I lost. I can't remember. Uh, where do I go? Which stage? Am I shaking the air again? Don't hang around Biden too much. I guess that's what happens, guys. And meantime, listen to the mainstream media basically saying this is on The View. And Joy Behar, one of the hosts there, basically says, you know what? These people voted for Trump, so basically they got what they deserve. Take a listen. This is outrageous. People I don't know why they would ever vote for him because for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, 
who reduces all safety. He yeah. did. Do they showed up at McDonald's and this voter yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably yeah. resonates in a That's way that they thing. need. Yeah, but they, they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo op. Showing up is a big. Showing up, I think, I think this is Donald Trump's fault. I think this is Donald Trump's fault. So if it's raining outside, I guess it's Donald Trump's fault. If it's cold outside, it's Donald Trump's fault. Orange man, bad. Buttigieg, good. I mean, this is so crazy. Why will they ever take responsibility? We're going to talk about that when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We're having a couple gremlins here on this Friday night, but we're doing okay, and we're glad that we are with all of you here on the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the mess in Ohio. Some stunning numbers coming today after that terrible East Palestine train derailment. And now we're getting word. This is amazing. The Ohio Department of National Natural Resources is estimating that more than 43,000 animals have died in and around East Palestine roughly three weeks after the train derailment. 43 animals. That is amazing. Of course, mostly fish, also crayfish, um, a number of other animals. But that is a stunning number, just saying how deadly and how toxic and how concerned they are of what's in the water, also the air, also the soil. And it is getting really, really concerning. And the people there just feel forgotten. You know, you've got Pete Buttigieg, who just seems too busy, and basically saying, I was trying to figure out what the protocol was. Well, do you think the people in East Palestine, Ohio, were thinking about protocol or caring about protocol? They just wanted to make sure that their families were safe and that they were protected. And all they needed was somebody to kind of come in and say, hey, we're with you. We're going to be with you. We're going to do whatever we can. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight as now anger is growing and we're hearing of more and more cases of animals dying. You know, I mean, this is an enormous amount, 43,000 animals. They're saying also uh, basically drinking water they believe will be affected for some 30 million people. Uh, as a result of this train derailment. So when you look at all of that, that is a catastrophe. And they have reason to be concerned. Even though you see the EPA guy, they're kind of going ka-ching, 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 you know, and cheering and toasting and drinking water out of the tap. I wouldn't drink it. In Flint, Michigan, they are still boiling water, and it is years later. And that indeed is, I think, sadly, what may lay ahead for East Palestine. I mean, it is not looking good whatsoever. And Aaron Brockovich, the noted activist who is sort of an environmental activist, remember they did the big movie with her, you know, about her with Julia Roberts. Um, she said 
she had to fly out to East Palestine to show her support. And this is what she said when she got on the ground just a few hours ago. Like one I've never seen. I've been doing this for 30 years now. And the lack of information that has not been given to these people, that they've been almost left here not knowing what's going on, where to go, what to do, who to turn to, their fear. I mean, all of it feels very remnant of what happened in Hinckley. And a community that uh, we're showing up pretty late to the game that's already been through a lot. And my biggest concern from day one has been the people and what it is they don't know, what it is we need to find out quickly for their health and safety. And they're still so uncertain about their safety and coming back to this town. And have reason to be after what those numbers I just cited to you. And at least, listen, here's Aaron Brockovich shows up there to say, community, we're with you. Uh, You probably have a whole bunch of lawsuits. There's probably a lot of people that could be sued over this one, including Norfolk Southern, who it sounds like they had like an overheating wheelbarrow, uh, wheel bearing, which they believe was basically the cause uh, of this crash. That's at least the preliminary coming from the NTSB. But there's a lot of people who I think uh, are going to be spending a lot of time in court. I think attorneys are going to become very wealthy over this one. And more importantly, the people there, I hope that they get answers about their health. They're like chasing Norfolk Southern people and saying, uh, have you taken years off of my life? Uh, have you uh, basically killed my child in a few years? Those are the kind of questions that they're worried about. And understandably so. I would be, too. I mean, you saw the big plume. It looks like a an apocalypse there in their town. What a scary situation. And Pete Buttigieg slips in. I've been calling him Sneaky Pete all week, guys, as you know, because he slips in. He comes a day after Trump does. No surprise. He got one-upped by Trump, who, again, is not, as you know, even the president right now. And yet he went and showed his support for the people there in East Palestine. Buttigieg comes and it's kind of like nonchalant and, yeah, we're here and, you know. And, in fact, I just read you the quote. This is stunning to me. He basically was telling reporters part of the reason he wasn't sure if he should be there or not was I was trying to balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged on the ground, which is how I'm generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries, protocol, Are you kidding me? You are the transportation secretary, and that's the best you can do. And then when the other reporter, uh, we had Jenny Tear on the show earlier this week, and she's the one who met up with him in D.C. And when she saw him, he was like, could you leave me alone? I'm trying to have some me time. And she's like, "Uh, what is your message for the people in East Palestine? Well, I'm just trying to have some time to myself. I mean, what, uh, you know, bleep and bleep. I mean, that is, to me, an outrageous comment, and that is just insane. So given the way he has been so nonchalant, so lackluster, it's no wonder that the people there in Palestine just feel left out. Take a listen. This is Senator J.D. Vance, who says he talks to these people every single day, and they feel incredibly neglected by this administration. There's a real terror in East Palestine that they're going to be forgotten. 
that in a few weeks, when the media stops caring about this, when the politicians stop caring about this, they're not going to have the support they need. The cleanup is still not going to be completed, and they're going to have nothing other than a community that's been affected by a chemical spill and no support from their government or from Norfolk Southern. Uh, so what we really need to do is keep our eye on the ball, make sure that we're forcing the federal EPA and Norfolk Southern to do their job, clean up this community, and support it for the long haul, because they're going to need it. Yeah, they are going to need it. one 800 848 one let us go to BJ in Queens. Uh, BJ, your thoughts about the way Buttigieg has handled it and the fact that, you know what's amazing, BJ? Biden still has yet to go. I mean, he should have gone before he went to Ukraine. He had three weeks to go. It's a, a quick flight from D.C. to Ohio. And, of course, he flies home from Ukraine, and now he's having me time in Delaware. Go ahead, BJ. Yeah, hi, Rita. Good evening. You know, I tell you, um, uh, this is like strike three for uh, Rainbow Pete. First, he had all those lovely ships off the coast of California strung out there for months. Then he had the airlines last uh, April, May, June uh, up in the air, didn't know where to land, couldn't land, thousands of flights canceled. Now we're having toxic waste explosions uh, on our industrial train routes, and uh, innocent people are getting uh, killed. And he has nothing to say uh, about this. Innocent people's uh, their, their properties ruined, their lives are ruined. Who knows what's going to happen to them in years to come? And this is this is how political correctness kills. This guy was totally, totally incompetent for this job. He was not qualified for this job. Uh, they called him Pothole Pete when he was the mayor of South Bend in Indiana. Uh, he couldn't control the place down there. And all of a sudden, he wakes up and presto changeo, just like that. He's he's uh, 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 transportation director. So, you know, when you just hire on the basis of political correctness, people suffer. And uh, this is – he ticked off all the boxes, you know uh, – Kamala Harris, same story, not qualified, but she's going to make the border safe. Not happening. So I feel for these people. Uh, well, and I feel, and I feel for the country. And just like you said, I feel for the people in Ohio. I mean, can you imagine living there, BJ? I mean, what would you do if you lived there? I'd, I'd, I'd be fit to tie. I'd, my eyes would pop out of my head. I'd be flipping mad. And, and I have every right to be. And these 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 poor, these are working class folks. They work hard. Not a dollar passes through their hand that they don't earn. And to have their whole life ruined like this with no explanation, he goes there and he babbles about misinformation. He doesn't go and meet anybody. He runs around with a, a hard hat helmet on like a schmuck. And uh, we're supposed to believe everything's supposed to be okay. This is a national disaster. Let's face it. These people, the, the, this this is a disaster. I agree. It's a, it's a catastrophe. Disaster. It is a catastrophe. Yeah. I agree. You know, so, and here he is with the smirk, you know, you know, maybe I'll go. I don't know. I I, I, I didn't want to go, and, you know, and uh, I didn't think I was going to go, and uh, I, I was back and forth, and, you know. Uh, yeah, like, I, and I you, was, heard, you heard what I just was reading. That I couldn't believe, like, I was trying to figure out what the protocol was. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, to heck with protocol, right? If if this was Trump, if Trump, if Trump had a, a hired a guy like this, the guy would be fired, bing, out. And and that's the difference when you have a leader, and then when you have 
Joe Biden. There's a difference. Yeah, boy, is there a difference. BJ, thank you as always. I love your passion, my friend, and uh, your patriotism. Let's go to Mary, line three. Um, Mary, what do you think about all this? First of all, may I just say I love the 5 o'clock show. You are doing a great job, and those guys always did a great job, but you are Amazing. Yay, Rita. We women love and support you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. And and I love it. It's, it's me and the boys. Um and uh, know, and I'm and I'm the lucky family. one. I'm the lucky one because yeah, I get to be with uh, the great John Katzimatidis and uh and the great uh, team. The panel is so much fun. Um and everybody I'm doing the show uh with the great John Katzimatidis. It's called Cats and Cosby at five o'clock. Uh, and then I have the best of both worlds, and then I get to be with all of you guys at night. So I am the luckiest person in the world. But thank you, Mary. It's really fun. It's a, such a fun group. You're very, very welcome, and thank you for all you do. And I got to tell you something, Rita. This is the Biden administration's basket full of deplorables. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, you're right. How do you dismiss American people who are suffering? How do you do that? How do you live with yourself? It is. It, it, it's it, it's unbelievable. And and you know what's really sad, Mary? I think you are correct because there's no other reason why they would be avoiding Ohio. And and obviously that's not the right reason, not a correct reason. I'm not justifying it by any means. I don't want anybody to misunderstand that. It, what What is the other reason? Why, how could you leave these people who are amazing, hardworking people there who clearly are victims of this train catastrophe? And now we're just hearing, as I was mentioning, tens of thousands of animals have died. I mean, clearly the water isn't good. Um and, you know, and you're not even going to, you know, go there. You're not even going to spend five minutes on the ground, Mr. President. And when Buttigieg comes, it's like so nonchalant. Uh, clearly, uh, there's some politics because there's no other. I can't even imagine any other reason. They're not that busy. Buttigieg was just trying to decide protocol. And and the fact that they're so blatantly dismissive, it's like what? Like these people, uh, because they don't vote uh, for Democrats, they're not good enough that the, the hardworking people are not uh, worthy. I mean, what is it like? It's like flyover country should be flown over. Is that basically the attitude of the Democrats? I mean, if that's the case, uh, that is that is shameful. They are supposed to be representing all Americans. And these are amazing people. And I've been impressed with them. I mean, you know, I would I said this, Mary, I would have brought a bucket of tomatoes. I'm telling you, if, if Buttigieg showed up in my town and this happened, you know, I would have like I would have like gone to every tomato farm, <laughs> had like barrels ready and I would have been load up, boys. I'm telling you, the fact that he didn't get a pie in the face, Mary, he's lucky. Real quick, your thoughts, Mary, on that one. You have the in stitches over that one. That's great. And may I just say to Joy Behar, and I know this show is politics. It's not, you know, the entertainment of the view. They think they're political. Um, Someone tell her, those animals who died, do you feel sorry for them? They didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the people who voted for Trump, they voted because uh, look what? He showed up. Uh, they wanted a president who'd show up and they wanted a president who would listen to them and hear them. And 
President Trump did, even if he's not in office, and I commend him for going there. Um, and you're right, it's such an outrageous comment that Joy Behar was like, well, they voted for these kind of policies. What are you kidding me? What are you kidding me? It was clearly, so far, it looks like a malfunction of Norfolk Southern, and that's where the finger should be pointed. And who did the control burn? Was Trump part of that, too? I don't think so. I mean, it's this blame Trump is so over the top. Mary, you are so great. Thank you for the great words. You have a terrific weekend. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about Pete Buttigieg really being on the ground and being just like so lackluster, so disconnected from the people in East Palestine. And now we're finding out just that 43,000 is the estimate so far. That's from the state of Ohio of how many animals have died in East Palestine in the last three weeks. This is unbelievable. And listen to Buttigieg. He was on with Joy Reid of MSNBC. And this is how he says he rates himself. Take a listen. We're not out there to bring resentment. We're out there to bring results. We're out there to bring results. What kind of results do you think he's shown? I would give it uh, an F at best. I wish there was a G. I'd give it to him in terms of a grade. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael on line four. Michael, what are your thoughts about all of this? Yeah, um, I hate to say this, but I think the people of Palestine are basically a bunch of cowards because of what they should have done when Budicek arrived was a couple of them should have grabbed him, pulled him down on the floor, held him down, and another guy should have taken a big glass of water and poured it down his throat. Wow, drink this. <laughs> You think that everything is okay? Here, have some Palestine water. It'll make you feel great. Because after you leave here, I'm sure you're going to run to a doctor and find out, how much time do I have to live? Am I going to die? He would have crapped in his pants. Yeah, by the way, by the way, you're right. You know the thing that's amazing, Michael? I really have been amazed at the class that the people in East Palestine have shown. They were too easygoing. You said throw a pie in his face? That's not enough. Make him drink the goddamn water. Yeah. Push the water down his throat. Yeah. And and I, you know what? I, I hear you because I would be livid. And I just think they are also, by the way, so traumatized. And it just shows uh, that they are such class acts and so worried about their family and overwhelmed. I mean, there's so many issues. But I hear you what you're saying. Um, it is outrageous. And and Pete, you know, walking around like all manicured and now that the what I, I bet you he was like, I bet you there were discussions to your point. Is it OK for me to go there? Uh, is it going to be OK for my health? It's OK to leave them there. But God forbid I go and visit and get exposed to it. I could I'm sure just look at Pete. You can see that that kind of a discussion is definitely taking place. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline. Uh, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts about all this. What do you think? Hi, Rita. Uh, Well, it's just another example of the Biden administration putting America last, as they usually do. And although it's not quite spelled exactly the same way, I refer to him as Buttgage because his name is spelled B-U-T-T. No pun intended, but that's the way it's spelled. But and uh, color beige 
is almost spelled the same way as the rest of his name. So I refer to him as Butt Gage. Well, now, you know what? I think um, his uh, political future, I think, really is in the dust after this, don't you, Jacqueline? I mean, there was rumors that he was like, you know, the replacement for Kamala or if Biden wasn't going to run. And he, of course, hasn't announced yet that, uh, you know, uh, Butt Gage might be the uh, the backup. Um, well, I think he's lost that luster, don't you? You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm sure there are some people in that area of Ohio that did vote for Biden, for the Biden administration. And I hope they have certainly learned their lesson and they don't vote for him if the uh, buffoon, the bozo Biden should run again, should decide to run again. They really need to think twice about the people that are representing them. Yeah, 1,000 percent. But then remember, again, uh, Biden picked him, so they didn't really have uh, much of a say in it, Jacqueline, you know. They didn't have much of a choice. And clearly, this is a guy who was dealing with potholes, you know, in South Bend, Indiana, and suddenly he's in charge of transportation, you know, at this time. I mean, it is unbelievable. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, and also talk about a soft-on-crime DA who may get the boot. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Kenosha, Wisconsin, where Monday was declared Thomas Van Dam Day in Kenosha County in honor of a local World War II veteran who is celebrating his 99th birthday. Born in 1924 in Chicago, Van Dam served in the Army Signal Corps during World War II from 1943 to 1946. And on March 17, 1951, he married his wife of 71 years and counting. The couple uh, moved to Kenosha, where he became a professor at a college until his retirement in 1991. 99 years, what you have seen and lived through, it is truly an honor to be with you, is what the people said during the ceremony that took place a few days ago. Now, Van Damme is still looking spry, by the way, at age 99, and still with a sense of humor, he thanked the crowd. He said, this is totally unexpected. I really appreciate this, and I know I'm not worthy of it, but I will take it anyway. Beautiful humility after a lifetime of service. And we always love this Support Our Heroes segment where we get to honor our great military and also their families. We've been talking about uh, Booty Beige, as one of you are describing it, who has been so mamsy-pamsy. And boy, what a disaster for the people of Ohio. And the fact that President Biden this weekend is hanging out in Delaware I wonder if Hunter's there or not. We'll find out. Uh, but he has yet to go to Delaware. And meantime, Erin Brockovich, as we were talking about the activists, she went there. Uh, President Trump went there. Buttigieg went even briefly, uh, even though he was so lackluster. But it is shameful, utterly shameful, the way that the Biden administration has just discarded the people, the great people of East Palestine. I want to hear your thoughts on this and how you think this affects this administration uh, now, first of all, for the people of East Palestine, and also come election time. uh, I hope 
everybody who has seen the way that they threw these people, just discarded them and don't seem to be doing anything to help them. This to me, I will never forget this. I think it is shameful. It is utterly shameful. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David on line two. David, your thoughts on line two. What do you think about this, David? Hear me? Yep, I hear you Uh, now, David. Go ahead. Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, Let's be honest, Rita. And I'm sure you're not doing this intentionally, but the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, who is a Republican, has said that President Biden called him immediately and said, we'll give you whatever you need. And DeWine has been reluctant to ask for help for some reason. Now, is it because he's gotten uh, campaign contributions from the railroad? Probably. Well, and by the way, David, hang on. Hold on. Uh, David, I will tell you that I have not been impressed with the way that Mike DeWine has handled this. And just like you said, who knows? He has been really lackluster and he's a Republican. I don't mind calling anybody out. If they do a crummy job, uh, I'll call him out. And I think he's done a horrible job. He has not been like a real strong leader. He's been kind of mamsy pamsy. And regardless, David, it doesn't matter. This is he is the president of the United States. Uh, He should come there. Um, the people of East Palestine would like to see him, even if he just came with bottled water right away and said, I'm here to help you. What do you need? What is going on? Be a leader. And even when Buttigieg showed up, he was such a disaster. He was so horrible. It was like he barely was on the ground. He seemed like he was totally going through the motions. He didn't seem passionate about the people there. And he went after President Trump went, sometimes just showing up. Uh, is is enough, David. You got to show that you care. You got to show that you're committed, that you're in there. And uh, you got to admit, they have been so lackluster. And I agree with you. Also, uh, DeWine, too. I'll throw him in the batch, too, with you, David. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, but, you know, let's be, again, you can look this up. This is not like secret information. There were dozens of derailments when Trump was president, including ones where people were actually killed. And he didn't visit any of them. Why are we holding Biden to a different standard? Listen, as long as these people get the money they're going to need, and they're going to need a lot of it, because this cleanup is going to be very expensive, the federal government will take care of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, meanwhile, they're just telling them everything's fine, David, right? Just go back in. No problem. Just go back in and drink the water and have three ears in, uh, in like six months. You know, I mean, they just seem they have said that the water's fine. And now you heard what I just said, 43,000 dead animals. I mean, there's a huge problem here, David. You got to admit it. It is just insane. It is insane. And the fact that they have been like, oh, I don't really need to show up there or uh, Buttigieg trying to figure out if it's protocol or not show up. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And and I would say that if it was a Republican or Democrat, that is just insane. Let's go to John in Pennsylvania. John, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, John, on line three. What do you think, John? Well, real quick, his name ought to be Buddha Jerk. Yeah, I, yeah. Prob- I agree with you. Uber probably had, his Uber probably had a flat tire, and he was waiting for AAA to come and change it. <laughs> and I'm dropping the mic on that. By the way, that's a good line. That's a good one, John. I appreciate it. Let's go to Sandra on line four. Sandra, your thoughts about all this? 
Oh, good evening, Rita. First of all, congratulations on your new position at 5 o'clock. Uh, you're the perfect choice to be with those boys. You give them a challenge. Thank um, you. I keep them on their toes, and they're fun. They, I am the lucky one, Sandra. I love John Katsimatidis and all the guys. It, it is. I, I feel lucky to be with such a great, fun group every day, and it's definitely not boring. It is fun. I really feel that. Um, I wanted to say about Pete Buttigieg, I think he's pathetic. I think he's rude. I think he's callous. I think he's uncaring. Um, how, and I think he proudly ignores his job. And, I, and the nerve of him to say, this is my personal time, I said to myself, F you. And then you look at Donald Trump. Every job he makes you feel is important. And his leadership is so obvious that he intimidated Pete Buttigieg, and the next day he went there. I mean, that shows leadership. Trump knows how to make you feel important, whatever job it is that you have. Even at McDonald's, he makes you feel important to be working there. And that's his gift. He's a leader. I love him. And, and what can I say? Yeah, we need we need more leaders like that. I 1,000% agree with you, Sandra. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Robert on line seven. Uh, Robert, your thoughts about uh, Buttigieg and his lack of leadership. Oh, yeah, Rita. I count 10 federal agencies that should be involved from day one. This is possibly a Patriot Act violation. Eco-terrorism. Let's start with DOJ, FBI, and Homeland Security on the law enforcement side. Wait, no, hang on, Robert. Hold on. Hang on. I just want to make sense of what you're saying. When you say eco-terror, you believe it's sabotage? Is that where you're headed, Robert? Yes. If you see the movie White Noise... You know what? By the way, Robert, they brought that up last night on the show. I thought that was really interesting. I have not seen White Noise, but it was filmed in the area... Yeah, it's, I, I will try to watch it because that is wild. It was shot, like, near the area, and it's basically similar to what happened, except the difference in that one, the government responded right away, Robert. So uh, it, it's yes. a different answer there. All right. Now, the seven federal agencies that should have responded right away, and they're not. And they're not continuing with the effort for recovery, remediation, and Aid, help for the people, the Federal Railway Administration, the DOT with, of course, Peter Buttplug, Commerce, NTSB, EPA, OSHA, and FEMA. Yeah, well, Peter, I, I mean, uh, Robert, I'm not sure where you're going with some of the sexual innuendos. I All I care about is somebody's job competency, and clearly Buttigieg, uh, is not competent from a work perspective, and that's all that matters. Uh, I mean, he just seems so unbelievably disconnected. Robert, thank you very much. Let's go to Michael, line three. Uh, go ahead, Michael. Your thoughts on everything. Hey, Rita. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, a little too late. You know, a day late in the dollar show with the uh, with the transportation secretary, and he's just you know, even his statement was were empty words. I mean, come on, you know, in other uh, other areas of transportation, he doesn't come out and say anything about anything. He's just, you know, it's a position that uh, uh, that the donkey bestowed on him, the, the worst donkey in Democratic history. Yeah. Biden and his comrades. One thousand percent. Mike, I want you to stay on because I want to get your take on, on another topic that I want to go to, because 
Sure. This to me, you're you're so great with all of this, Mike. And I know that you're a former law enforcement guy. Uh, I want to get your take on what's happening also around the country. Speaking of incompetency uh, at the law enforcement level, we're now seeing in St. Louis, uh, there is a woman who's sort of like the equivalent of the district attorney, if you will. Uh, and the Missouri attorney general is trying to remove her. Uh, St. Louis circuit attorney Kim Gardner. And it comes after a case uh, which was a guy who was out on bond, should never have been out on bond. He apparently violated his house arrest 51 times, and he basically got a slap on the wrist from this attorney there, this St. Louis circuit attorney, Kim Gardner. And now there are calls for her to resign. And it's sort of part of this whole huge, you know, soft on crime. Kim Gardner, by the way, was one of the first people to get money, apparently, from George Soros, who has spent 40 million bucks uh, bringing these soft on crime DAs across the country that I contend are killing uh, communities and this whole revolving door because they have gone so easy on criminals. But here at first off is Brian Kilmeade talking about the revolving door, especially with young people, because a couple of these cases, this one I mentioned in St. Louis, and then there was another case of the guy in Florida who gunned down all those people the other day, including a reporter and a nine-year-old girl. And he had apparently dozens of arrests, many of them in his juvenile record, because he's only 19 and he's a career criminal at the age of 19. Guess what? It ain't working, these soft-on-crime DAs. And here's what Brian Kilmeade has to say about these juveniles who are really monsters. As long as these deranged teens are allowed to have an expunged record at 18, we're all doomed. And this is not going to be okay. This needs to be looked at. These people need to be adjusted. So if you're not going to put the 16-year-old belligerent 16-year-old who keeps getting himself in serious trouble at 16, 17, 18, they can't live amongst us. They can't live amongst us. And so now the Missouri Attorney General is trying to get rid of this soft-on-crime circuit attorney, Kim Gardner, who was overseeing a case of a guy who got out and committed another crime, uh, hit somebody, Uh, The next day, the girl is never basically going to be able to walk again. I mean, these are just unbelievable stories of just a repeat offender. And the writing was clearly on the wall. And so Kim Gardner gets asked by a reporter. Take a listen to this. Um, She is African-American and she gets asked by a reporter, you know, aren't you basically failing the community? Aren't you hurting the community? And she plays the race card. Take a listen to that. Stop the racial harassment and ethnic intimidation office. What plans do you have to stop these racist people from harassing you and intimidating you? And it should come from probably the federal government, but we know we have no friends in Jefferson City. Ask the question, bro. We don't need a speech. We're going to take a couple of three questions, and that's it. Hold it. Hold it. We're in this right now. If y'all can't be cordial and civilized, okay? One question, one person at a time, okay? Well, I think that's a a very complex question. It's about the people of the city of St. Louis that elected me to do a job. And what we have to do is do our job fairly and justly. There are numerous attacks on our office. There are numerous individuals that have an agenda to make sure that my office does not succeed. That is not an excuse. But at the same time, we know we do not control every part of the system. But what we can control is we're going to fight very hard for justice in spite of the vitriol, the hate, the racist attacks, 
the known manipulation of the court procedures to make sure our office fails. So it's all about race. They're after her because she's an African-American. No, they're after her because her policies are leading to repeat offenders like the one that I just mentioned and many others across the country. And I'm happy to see that people are now starting to push for this removal. Uh, Michael, I want to go back to you in Myrtle Beach. Your reaction, because I know you're a law enforcement guy. Uh, I say bravo to uh, at least the attorney general for trying. But again, they go back to, oh, it's not my policies. They're after me because of, you know, she's African-American. I mean, they're after her because they feel she's not protecting, especially the African-American community. Exactly right. You know, uh, St. Louis, all over the country, Chicago is a killing field, major cities, killing field. And you know what? Recidivism. You're arrested 50 times. And the guy was even smirking, Dominic Carter was saying in Orlando, you know, he gets out to a kid, punk, animal, uh, uh, 20 times he's arrested and he's smirking like he knows he's going to get out. Soft on crime. You know, any anytime there's an attack of any kind, on a police officer, it's a felony. And and uh, a joke among all jokes, among all the other things out of whack in our country, shame on her for saying, and stop playing the race card, please. It's happening all too often. Stop playing the damn race card already. Yeah, it is outrageous. Um, it is so crazy. And by the way, there's also a, a uh, prosecutor in George Gascon's office, Mike. Uh, this is the guy in L.A. I can't believe this. Uh, there's a guy who is um, charged with uh, he's a child molester charged with murder, accused with murder. And the prosecutor misgendered the guy who is a transsexual, misgendered him. And because he used the wrong pronoun, he has now been put on suspension. I, I mean, that's what they care about. Are you kidding me? They put this guy on suspension because he used the wrong pronoun of a guy who was smirking and making fun of the justice system, just like you said. And he is accused of murder. But God forbid you use the wrong pronoun. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to talk about our sadly soft on crime DAs across this country when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night. We are talking about Buttigieg. We're also talking about the soft on crime DAs. And the fact that George Gascon, we've talked about this guy. This is probably one of the softest on crime DAs across this country. And he is based in L.A. He has now suspended one of his prosecutors because he misgendered a guy who is a transsexual, and he is a child molester who's accused of murder. And he's not worried about the child molester. He's worried about the prosecutor using the wrong, basically, pronoun uh, to describe the person. I mean, what the heck is going on? 1-800-848-9222. That's like Buttigieg, remember, who was, like, worried about... How many white people were involved in construction versus hiring more minorities? And meanwhile, Ohio, the the train crash had happened. You know, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Where are your priorities? These people are so out to lunch. 
and are so like focused on the wrong thing. And here is George Gascon, who there have been a number of these criminals who have been basically mocking George Gascon. And in fact, uh, let's play. This is the child molester uh, himself, uh, now named Hannah Tubbs. It's cut number 20. And Hannah Tubbs basically is mocking the DA and said, oh, I'll get out. This is the one who was misgendered uh, by the prosecutor. Take a listen. If I go ahead and just plead it out and just say I want to do I want to do parole or probation, then I'll be good. And I don't want no, no strings attached. And after like a year, it falls away. Then I'm good. Yeah, I yeah. can just I said, I'll do that. I'll do that 100 times fold. I can just get out. No problem. Super easy. Not a big deal. Super easy. Not a worry. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David uh, on line three. David, your thoughts about all this? Well, as for uh, the communist district attorney in St. Louis, and she most emphatically is a communist, I think we as Americans need to point out that for people that are sworn to uphold the Constitution of our republic and our state or commonwealth or cities, this prosecuting attorney, along with the other communists in L.A., are exactly that. These are communists. They don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They don't believe in sovereignty. And the woman that got pinned between the cars, just so you know, her legs were amputated. Yes, so I saw that. Right. Attorney, this communist attorney in the city of St. Louis is a communist. And just to give you an understanding how sinister and manipulative and deceptive she truly is, the husband and wife couple who were defending their property, as they were legally allowed to do, the husband was bluffing. That rifle you see in the photos where he's barefoot wearing his khakis, his rifle was unloaded. The wife who mishandled her firearm, that pistol was inoperable. The communist district attorney, or I'm sorry, attorney, she and her office changed the operability of that pistol. So that should give you an understanding of just how sinister these people are. Yeah, this and by the way, and just, uh, Dave, just to tell what you're saying to the McCluskeys, too, that uh, that was a very famous case, and that was during, like, all those protests where they were worried about their property, and you're right, she went after them. I mean, that you're right. I mean, uh, didn't go after the people who were, like, threatening them. She went after the couple protecting their home. That's amazing. David, thank you. Uh, I, it is the, the system is so out of whack. Let's go to Phil, uh, line one. Phil, your thoughts about this real quick, my friend. Hi, uh, Rita. You know what the whole trick here is? The number of votes cast to put that, that guy in uh, New York. What's his name? The DA we have Yeah, here Alvin Bragg. Bragg, yeah, Bragg. The problem with that is that the number of votes that he got were principally like 80 nine percent democrat what they do when they elect judges or they elect council people or they elect da's what they do is they get every blessed democrat they can they go to their homes slam on their doors tell them you must vote this is why and blah 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 and and you know what also phil you're you're right and guess what in the case of kim gardner in st louis she said she's not going Anywhere she was voted in and she said she's going to leave it up to the voters. She is fighting it. Have a good weekend, guys.